0: There's a party, and everyone's invited, but from the comfort of your own home, please, at a socially appropriate distance.
1: We could take it slowly, we could get insane. No one ever got anywhere by playing it safe.
0: This is All Things Grinnell. I'm your host, Ben Benversi. On today's show, we launch into the universe of Pink Neighbor with Eric Jarvis and Katie Inn, two Grinnell alums who came back to live in Grinnell after graduation and became a staple of the creative community here in town. That's coming up next, after I remind you that the information and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the views of Grinnell College.
2: Welcome
0: to the party. We're all neighbors
2: here, let's put our minds together, now off we go, my dears.
0: Before we get into the interview, a word about the strange times in which we find ourselves. I refer, of course, to the Coronavirus. Things have changed a lot here in Grinnell with most students leaving town and the impending transition to distance learning. The college's response has been swift and it took a ton of volunteers, staff, faculty and even other students pitching in to help students get home safely and move them out of the dorms. It was an incredibly difficult time for many students. The coming weeks and months will be difficult here in Grinnell, but all over the world as well as we adjust to the changes necessitated by coronavirus. From my vantage point here on the podcast, I'm trying to do my part to help people connect to Grinnell from wherever they are. The coronavirus has exposed many of the weaknesses in our education and healthcare systems, but it has also exposed our interconnectedness and presents a challenge to stay connected while remaining physically apart. And that's where I hope to come in. I've always wanted the podcast to serve as a way to connect people to Grinnell and to connect Grinnellians with each other. So I'm thinking about new ways to make that happen, and how the podcast can be of service in those efforts. Now, more than ever, perhaps, creative responses are needed, so feel free to send any ideas my way, or even just reach out if you enjoy the show. Get in touch at podcast at grinnell.edu. Eric Jarvis and Katie Inn form the main components of the band Pink Neighbor. They graduated from Grinnell in 2012 and 2013, respectively and have found themselves drawn back to town since graduating. In addition to Pink Neighbor, they both also have solo projects and pursue other artistic endeavors. Eric is originally from Edmond, Oklahoma, and Katie is from Martin Grove, a suburb of Chicago.
3: I studied sociology and I took a lot of music classes on the side. Eric says I took the fun music classes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Eric was a music major. Took the fun and not fun, <laughs> and a lot of uh, writing classes too. Like many Grinnellians, they were both involved in a variety of student groups and activities. Free sound was a big one.
3: Cumbrio.
1: Track across country. My first two years.
3: Asian and Asian American Association.
1: Neverland Players. Mellon Mase Fellow. And I worked at Bob's Underground.
3: And Grinnell Singers.
0: And that's where they met, in Grinnell Singers. They started playing together a little bit, and then Eric graduated in 2012, a year before Katie.
1: I had applied for the music ninth semester fellowship.
0: He didn't get it.
1: But I had already signed a lease. So I was just like, I'll just do the same thing. So I bartended at Relish. They had just opened the bar that year and worked on music stuff. So just like that year after graduating, I was just kind of doing all the Grinnell
0: stuff.
3: We actually went different places at this point in our story.
0: Eric shipped out of town and moved to the big city of Omaha, Nebraska, the home of Warren Buffett, the College World Series, and a free zoo, which includes the largest indoor rainforest in the United States. As for Katie, she graduated in 2013 and joined the circus. The tiny circus, that is. So tiny
3: circus is basically a project that's an experimental way to um, practice working together with other people without a hierarchy, without a leader. Most often using stop motion animation as a way to practice that since it requires lots of hands and lots of thinkers and lots of, you know, work.
0: Carlos Ferguson, an alum from the class of 92, was involved in tiny circuits since its beginning in 2008. He's also played in the band with Pink Neighbor. He has a home in Grinnell, the polka dot one on E Street, and another one, also polka dot, in New Orleans.
3: So I say I kind of lived in New Orleans for what felt like almost a year, but also was leaving to do workshops at residencies and um, stuff all over the country. And then after that year, I moved to Omaha, and lived there for a year.
0: And then they both ended up back in Grinnell.
3: You should talk about why we ended up back here because that's a funny story.
1: Yeah. Well, we were in Omaha where there are a ton of musicians, but we were kind of looking for a change and uh, the Grin City Collective residency was still going on. And so that's kind of where a lot of our friends were involved. And so we visited that summer before we ended up back here And uh, Tom Lucina, who's the Arts Council director, was working on a musical and sort of, he's also an attorney, and (laughs) so we sort of joked that he, like, lawyered me (laughs) into being in this musical. Um, He was
3: directing a, a musical, The Fantastics, that year.
1: Yeah, and they had sort of just finished the Loft Theater, so when we were visiting, he was like, oh, you should come check out the theater, and then... He, like, had me sing some songs while we were up there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a sneak audition. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we, as as part of that, like, we didn't live here. So they're like, well, just do the residency. Because the musical is basically the same time as the fall session. Uh-huh. So they're like, just do a residency on the farm. And then, like, then you ha- now you live here. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we, had also, we were also kind of wrapping up another album at that time with this group called the Plain Mosaic that has a lot of Grinnell people involved, but that was being made between Omaha and Quad Cities. Um, So we were kind of already just, like, we never really left that Grinnell community, so Uh it was pretty easy to kind of slingshot back.
3: Yeah. Back then, (laughs) um, there was a lot of creative... (laughs) creative synergy I'm going to say that (laughs) that sounds silly to me but um, there were a bunch of creative projects happening here there's Grin City and Tiny Circus and um, you know even Neverland players and sort of like still retaining connection to the creative projects happening at the college too which Mm. is kind of it's a different scene from what's happening in town sometimes but feeling like we could be in the middle of that and Mm. I don't know. That was just a really nice thing. That's changed quite a bit cuz there aren't as many I don't know. Uh there isn't as much lately, I think. Um which happens I think these things ebb and flow in college towns a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so that that was a major draw for us at the time. There was actually like a pretty big community of people. And it, it's actually not just art stuff. It was it's farming and food stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um so relish Um, Kamal and Laura and what they do, you know, and how they work with local artists and support a lot of young people who are trying to make stuff. Um, And also um, Jordan Scheibel Mm -hmm. um, Farms out at Middleway Farm. Um, And that was the same site as the, as Grand City. yeah. yeah. So, um, and, you know food is really creative. <laughs> we we talk a lot about the similarities between like Jordan's small scale agriculture stuff and being like an indie musician. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I've mm-hmm. never
0: thought about the parallels between the two. <laughs> yeah. I know you said when you came back, you were kind of maybe like in the middle between like the college and the town feeling like you could draw and contribute to, to both of those communities. But how did you, kind of like carve out your own community like how did how what was the process of of doing that because it could be easy to come back to your college town and and still try to have it be, you know, your college experience but you're not a student anymore <laughs> and sometimes that is made painfully aware to you and you, you know, you're looking for other things in the community. So how did you kind of establish yourself in a new way when you came back?
3: I think it was a community effort i mean the the sort of origin story of pink neighbor has a lot to do with carving out our own community um our earliest shows were basically like hey we're gonna play music at this at the bar which is the grinnell pub but it used to just be called the bar mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know we put like cookies milk and cookies on our first poster mm-hmm. and that then was the image. that was the image and someone was like oh what we should make cookies, you know, to bring to this thing. So um, there was homemade cookies. <laughs> I don't know. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> At the show, and then all you know, all the people came, and it was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. Then there yeah. were also
1: mini pies and donuts. We did oh, like yeah, a we different put... <laughs> treat for each show. Just we're put it like, on your poster and then it, it just magically happens. Someone yeah.
4: around
0: will make the food for you. Wow, well, it was I mean, actually Luke, I try that
1: out. It Luke. Was Luke Saunders. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Made
3: donuts. Homemade donuts. Wow. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Well, and then that became like sort of a pre-show thing is we would help like finish that food project. So we would like go to Luke's a little early and finish uh-huh. that and then you asked like about how we found our community back here and Grinnell is actually really welcoming, like to some extent to newcomers cause it's a college town. So if you just like go to the coffee shop or the art center or any like downtown spot where there's activity, it's pretty easy to make connections. And-
3: yeah. I mean, I I do think there is a culture of people who have, grown up here and lived here or have grown up here and are planning to stay f- for a long time. And i like, in contrast to the college where there's a lot of turnover mm-hmm. and like people can't get too used to being in the same place and having these long-term features yeah. together or something. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's just a yeah. product of living in a college town. One thing that we really like is like having, um, friendships and relationships with people of all ages in this town, which I think is, you know, one of the benefits of living in a small place that maybe like, it is really nice to be around people who are in a similar place in with age or, you know, in their careers and stuff, just to be able to talk about stuff. Yeah. Um, And I value friendships like that, but also there's that kind of like, you know, multi-generational thing that exists. And that's really cool.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And there is, I mean, we also, with the Mayflower here as well, like we have a large contingent of of old people and a large contingent of young people. And both of those communities have a lot to give.
3: Yeah. I think we, since we weren't working at the college or anything, we did kind of have more separation Mm -hmm we still go to things on campus and still feel connected to it very much. And like a lot of our community does work at the college and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a forced (laughs) way to have to, you know, look at other pockets for friends. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, so Iowa has a lot of art stuff in general and Iowa city is like, Worldwide known as like a place of arts, um, but as as artists here in Grinnell, what has it been like to kind of have a collaborative, creative community of people in this small place here in Grinnell? Even just like each other, having each other as like uh, creative partners. Hmm.
3: Well, it's, we were talking about how Grinnell, living in Grinnell has been, like, one long residency. Mm. Like, if, I mean, a lot of residencies say, you know, come here to get away from the grind of, like, daily life and focus on your art. And that's what we've been doing here for the past <laughs> five years now.
1: That, yeah, that's kind of a big thing that drew us back is, not that Omaha is, like, a big, like, grind and, like, big intimidating city, but there, I don't know, like in Grinnell, there's not a lot of pressure to like fit a scene, especially with music because yeah. it's like, well, we're kind of the only like working band, you know, yeah, there's you get like, to make the scene besides like,
3: besides too many string bands. Yeah, you know, they, they have their scene. They have a lot of gigs. <laughs> right,
1: right. There's other, but yeah. they're not trying to make a living Yeah, yeah. with music. And then there's always like great music on campus, so this is a really cool place to be to just like write whatever we want, um, and I really value that. And that's kind of what I I think we've really succeeded in doing. That is, we've kind of been prolific and like made music that's a little peculiar.
3: Yeah, as young creators, sort of at the beginning of you know, starting Pink Neighbor and stuff, it's, or at least maybe this is just for me, but when I'm writing stuff, I'm sometimes not sure whether it's, is this something that's coming from me or is this a reflection of what I think I should be making mm-hmm. um, based on what's cool at the moment or like what other people around me are are making. And, and I think that was, for me, a very confusing place where i just kind of spin around and not feel yeah. like, connected to myself Um, and living here I've gotten to know myself as a creator a lot better because I, I not everyone needs this but I just needed to kind of like have some distance from that and figure out who I am and what I want to say I don't know if that's Pink Neighbors story too but I think a little bit I mean we've talked about that before and have kind of both been on the same page that for Pink Neighbor's identity to kind of, like, come out of, you know, whatever it is going to be, it needed to happen in a way, yeah, where we could just have a little bit of space to, Mm -hmm. like, just make a bunch of stuff and see what came out of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, like, all the non-musical influences in Grinnell are what really drives Pink Neighbor. Like, we were talking about those early shows... And kind of our music and philosophy is designed to, like, create community. It's not designed to, like, be, like, a look-at-me rock show kind of Uh thing. We, like, definitely want to perform well and, like, make good art. But it's also about creating a good experience for other people.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about there just because sometimes the aspects of like an indie music scene that are meant to kind of keep people out or be too cool. Like that's not really our thing. Um, yeah. (laughs) Or maybe what we've formed as a sort of reaction against that, or maybe just like trying to find ways to make participating in art, making more open and inviting rather than closed off and, you know, siloed
1: yeah (laughs) some of that is like the people coming to our shows we like especially Grinnell shows but even Iowa the whole Iowa music scene is pretty small so the people who come to see us like are our friends Mm -hmm. they're not like a quote-unquote audience Mm. so it would be weird to like treated it like it was yeah like I'm not gonna like Mick Jagger at like (laughs) my friends that I see every day yeah I mean you like good performers can do that but it's like it's a different kind of thing we're creating.
3: Yeah. It's an invitation to be part of the party in some way like rather than come to my party and watch me yeah do this because <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
0: Do you think that that kind of a sentiment has boundaries or limits. Like could you do that in a place that's that's not Grinnell or could you know, if you expanded that and got really big, like would you do you think you'd still be able to manage to like create that community
3: aspect? It's a good question. <laughs>
0: we had a test, I mean we did a, a two week tour when we put our album
1: out and all our route, like we picked because we knew people in those places. Uh-huh. So we kind of can pull it off if it's helpful if you have like a few plants you know so it it doesn't take many though even just like two people who know it, it kind of works yeah we did have a really rough uh one-off show (laughs) one time we played this house show where we didn't know anyone and uh like the other bands on the bill were not anywhere near the kind of music we make Uh uh-huh yeah, they were a noise. Which is, bands. Fun. we are we listened to literally everything, uh-huh. <laughs> but there was kind of a culture clash and.
3: Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> we enjoyed their music and they were like, "What are you doing here? It's too melodic, too like earnest, too earnest. yeah." Mm. I mean, too sincere. Yeah, too sincere. Get out of here. Which is like that's okay. <laughs> I mean, we had to be like, you know, it's cool that we're not for you, but also. Yeah, it it does inform how we want to be as artists to be like, I like what you're doing, I see what you're doing, instead of being like, no. no. Yeah,
0: I feel like as a listener, it's much easier for me to like get into someone's music if I know that they're bringing that kind of energy, like a sincere. like mm-hmm. I don't know, it just invites me to be more generous as like a listener you know mm. which is a good thing also
3: <laughs> yeah yeah maybe a good way to respond to your question of, about whether there is like a, a limit or whether it it works in different environments um is that it kind of depends on who else is in the room and what they're looking for too because some people aren't <laughs> trying to have a sincere like connection yeah. or or be around that kind of energy. But Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are. I mean, people have said that we respect our audiences. Like, they feel respected or something, which is cool to hear. Or they feel, like, acknowledged or something. Mm And um, I'm happy about that. That connection is something that a lot of people are looking for when they go to shows or go out, you know?
0: Yeah. What you were saying, Katie, about trying to like find like unique creative thoughts that are your own instead of like what you know people might want you to say or what you think is cool at the time. Um, how do you, How do you find those? Like how do you do the, the work of like digging up a, a like a, an original creative idea mm-hmm. and then how the heck do you like transform that into a project of some sort, whether it's a you know a song or a stop motion picture kind of thing? how does that work
3: <laughs> i've done a lot of thinking and self work on this because i've had a really um tenuous relationship with making like throughout my life um it's hard <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um there's a lot of stuff to weed out or like kind of cut through with that um i i read a lot of like self helpy books like the artist's <laughs> way and stuff like that uh-huh. um, <laughs> And I mean, I think like, um, having fun people to collaborate with is an, another thing. Like it's not it's something that has to be done alone. Um, despite that, you know, urge to not like make something uh, out of the intention to like, just match expectations of what you should make out there. Mm-hmm. It's something different. It's like finding ways to like, conjure up some cool magic with some other yeah. people in the room um Bring and that something out of each other yeah yeah that's something that we've found a nice stride with and you know i think part of that whole self helpy thing is like being okay with bringing in influences and like still being a reflection of other things mm-hmm. like i'm not like, sitting here making genius stuff by myself or anything, but um, to also have, like, a healthier relationship with that instead of being, like, this is cool, (laughs) so I'm going to put this out, but it's not really me, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm finding what I like and sticking to that as, like, a way to focus on stuff and make stuff. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, which is really simple, but... (laughs) Really difficult, yeah, sounds simple. to do, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good summary I mean people people say that is like you make what you like to like input, yeah, so like I think that's kind of one I mean that's kind of something Grinnell College is really good at is exposing you to a lot of different kinds of ideas and in the case of studying music like a lot of music and especially within the student body it's like Grinnell students are so interesting and coming from all over the world with these kind of different viewpoints and so like we're in rural Iowa but we're also in a kind of international community Mm -hmm. and it's like we went to the college and so we're taking that with us kind of everywhere so for me I just try to like listen to as much music as possible Uh the internet is so cool
3: (laughs) you're really good at that eric's really good at listening to as much music as possible yeah yeah
1: it's really fun so then i don't know but that's kind of what gets me going like if i'm having a rough time creatively like i just listen to music and i'm like oh yeah like i want to make something like
0: that Mm. yeah
2: Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. um what What like sticks out to you from your Grinnell experience as being like that you're like go back and draw from whether it's, it's, you know, some intellectual idea or a a group of friends or like a really meaningful experience. What's something that you feel like has stuck with you from Grinnell? I think the student-led
1: kind of vibe of everything. So like my my main job throughout college was at Bob's Mm. Underground, which for better or worse, was student managed, but that's like, (laughs) there's like, I, I liked not having someone just like lurking while it's like, I'm going to be on time. I'm going to make these drinks and bagels and it's going to be okay. Uh (laughs) And then it's like, particularly with free sound, it's like, here's how you set up a sound system and run a show. And that idea that you don't really need permission is really Mm. kind of important in making art especially as an independent musician it's like we don't have a manager or a booking agent like we have to kind of urge ourselves to just go and do it
0: Mm. yeah that's a good point i think that maybe entrepreneurial spirit is not one normally associated with like small liberal arts colleges just in terms of like like the businessy side of entrepreneurial ideas, but in terms of ideas and thinking and really like putting yourself out there, there's a lot of students that that do that.
1: Yeah, and the idea of being self-directed, I think. Yeah, that's big. Most of the people I still kind of hang out with were pretty like that was what drew them to Grinnell College, mm-hmm. especially the people who are working in creative fields now.
3: I agree with that. That's <laughs> uh, that was a huge. Draw for me to come to Grinnell. Just the idea that I wouldn't be, like, as supervised or, or like treated like a, a child. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was really excited about that. I think one thing I still think about and value from that time was having a community of people that, like, we would just make stuff for no reason and like be really silly about it and. That laid such a good groundwork for like feeling what it was like to be creative and like let that out um, in a safe environment. I mean, sometimes it felt like there were higher stakes. Like I wouldn't have like shared poems because that's an area that I'm like not that confident in or mm-hmm. something. Despite writing songs, but like I feel like we would have inside jokes and those would just turn into these like weird creative projects. And for some reason, that doesn't. I, I've talked about this with some friends that I that like I still am friends with. I'm still mm-hmm. in touch with. Like we don't do that as much as adults or something. Yeah, and
0: yeah. there needs to be an output on the end that's valuable.
3: Yeah, and the self consciousness about making mm. stuff comes back or something. And so anyway, I just like kind of think about that and I try to access that spirit of making things when I can, <laughs> when I remember to. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I like. I had. I keep finding relics of that, like little drawings and (laughs) uh, Photoshop pictures and like weird things. (laughs) What were we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What were we doing for these four years? Yeah. (laughs) But I I get the sense that like people still do that. Like everyone just does that. You Mm -hmm. know. It's nice to have people around to do that with. Yeah.
0: How did you both? meet originally and then how did you decide to like form pink neighbor
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, 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 well, who normally gets to tell the story
3: we were like aware of each other for a long time because we played at open mics and stuff uh-huh. at bob's and had mutual friends
0: yeah
1: we had a lot of mutual friends and for one reason or another my first year I may have just not been aware of it, but I don't think the Bob's scene was as active. Mm. And then when Katie's class came in, there were like a ton of musicians and there was a really healthy open mic scene. So that's where I first heard Katie play like Radiohead and Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's and stuff (laughs) Bob's open mics. But then we like really met in singers. Mm -hmm. Okay, So that would have been my third year, Katie's second year.
3: We started playing music together my senior year, so when Eric was around after he graduated. And we just played at Relish once in a while. Mostly played covers, and we like worked on writing a little bit. One of our songs that we still play to this day was like our first song that we wrote together in <laughs> 2013. Yeah yeah so then we just kind of like kept collaborating on and off after that because we lived in different places for a while, and then when we came back and lived here and we were like playing those shows with the food posters, um that's when you know we started writing a little more, I think,
1: yeah, we wrote two weird, oh yeah, real weird songs, um <laughs> like right before we left Omaha. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so when we came back, we just played under the name Katie and Eric (laughs) because we only, like, we played here and everyone knew who we were. Uh So we were like, oh, if we, like... Go somewhere. Yeah, we need a band name. (laughs) (laughs) So we got our band name and released our first recordings in 2016. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Yeah, that's kind of cool to think about how our early songs were so... Well, it took us a long time to write them. We didn't really have the rhythm we have now with writing.
1: Yeah, it would take a long time and like and it a was long hard. time between them. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, whereas now I think we have it; it's more fluid, mm-hmm. and I guess we've just practiced a lot more.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's weird when you don't you don't know what Pink Neighbor is. So like, how do you write mm-hmm. a Pink Neighbor song? You <laughs> know, you, it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But then, like after, I feel like with our. The album we put out, it's the most cohesive thing we've done, probably including our solo stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, we both have solo projects that are also pretty eclectic. So, I think, like, it kind of took us a few projects to figure out what our sound is, but.
3: Yeah, well, and even that album that we put out this past year, like, it's not the full picture of what we like and what types of music we write so our new stuff is is gonna kind of be different (laughs) I'm excited about that Mm
2: -hmm.
3: yeah
0: how do you both kind of um separate but also like bring in the individual solo projects that you work on into the pink neighbor stuff
3: we talk about that and check in about that once in a while um
1: Our solo stuff is more introspective and just like personal, Mm -hmm. Um, slower sometimes. Pink Neighbor doesn't have a ton of slow songs. But in the early days, we would co-write all Pink Neighbor songs. And now we're kind of giving ourselves, maybe because of what we were just saying, like now we know sort of how to steer it. Yeah, where to go for. Yeah, we've been doing a little more separate work leaning more heavily toward me writing lyrics and Katie writing music. Mm -hmm. But we kind of, like, have a by any means necessary style of songwriting. (laughs) Like, there's no right or wrong. We're like, Uh whatever gets
0: us a good song. (laughs) You'll take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When did you both start playing music, like, originally?
3: I started playing piano when I was really little. Okay. Like, really, really young um, because my mom played piano and was a music therapist and a oh, piano wow. teacher, um, when I was young. Okay. So, so. music
0: had always been a, a big part of your life. Then. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and I played classical piano as a kid. Okay. Um and like competed a lot and then I quit that when I became a teenager and picked up guitar and started you, like, mom. Yeah. It was like I can't. I mean, my mom also plays guitar and okay, she so she's, she's like yeah, so We okay. actually played duets together. <laughs> yeah. She supported that. That's good. Um she's still a big supporter. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I have the same story. <laughs>
1: I started piano when I was eight, and then when I became, like, an angsty teen, I also wanted to switch to guitar. But my parents made me keep just, like, working with a piano teacher, so mm. I just studied music theory with him, because I didn't want to practice piano, so... it's like, well, you have to learn this then. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where my interest still lies, like... Mm. If I ever wanted to be in academia, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah. Music theory? Mm-hmm.
3: hmm Cool. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that.
0: <laughs> um, so what, obviously music has been a, a big part of both of your lives for a long time and continues to be. Can you put into words like what it has meant to you as like a, as a human being, just like having that outlet of creative expression and what it has allowed you to kind of learn about yourself and maybe other people.
3: It's such a beautiful thing in so many ways, and it's, like, also so scary. (laughs) It's not the, um, I don't know, it's not, like, predictable and... It's confusing to figure out how it fits in, like, a long-term plan for, like, survival and for, you know, making a living and for Mm -hmm. having health care. And I have to, like, acknowledge that because that's actually what's on my mind, like, a lot of the time every day. Yeah. But I don't think that's a, a bad thing because whenever I've been in more stable situations where I'm, like, I have it figured out, I haven't been happy with that or something Mm -hmm. you know if i can see the path forward and it's like doing one job every day i know that's not for me that's not my plan because i kind of really like doing the creative thing yeah um anyway yeah i also think it you know for what it means to to me it's like i've gotten to know myself a lot better and i've worked through a lot of stuff and so it's almost like a spiritual thing to me to have a creative process and to have a craft that I can work on and um I don't know it means a lot (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah I feel that I think music's super spiritual and like some of the stuff that we I don't know like we get very moved by like Beethoven and I like those moments where music just makes you laugh or cry or something like super human and kind of untamed i also like how music can just really drive culture like as much as politics sometimes Mm. more so um and i think a lot of the songwriters i look up to are people who kind of tried to do that like push the boundaries um like for the people
3: yeah i i think we've often told this I don't know. The a good way to summarize it is like music creating things allows you to like imagine you know allows you to like imagine the future and put stuff into the world that is some like manifestation of that yeah. vision. And so if you're imagining a future that, you know, takes into account whatever variables that you think are important and like necessary to like living more equitably and like just (laughs) lives in the world with each other and other humans like can be such a powerful thing and an important thing to do. Um, One of the wonderful things about being a sociology major at Grinnell College is like learning about systems and structures and learning how to critique them and break them down and like understand them, but it can be really depressing Mm -hmm. um, because – you feel helpless and you're like, wait, like, I can't do anything to move this gigantic system in Mm -hmm. a direction that would benefit more people. Um, so creating things has been kind of a a way to like feel like you can do something. I mean, and a lot of people go and do that in other ways that aren't necessarily art and music. Like they work jobs at really important organizations and like, and organize people and do Mm -hmm fantastic things but I don't know this is kind of like what we are doing I think takes into account like all of that stuff and also you know developing the process and making um making stuff yeah
0: yeah you're honing your skills in the way that you feel like you can contribute to (laughs) to that world Mm -hmm. and I do like the idea of kind of musically like putting out the vision of what you want the world to be. I was thinking recently. I was talking with um, an artist who was visiting here at Grinnell. When I look around, creativity is like noticeably lacking throughout the world um, because of you know what you were talking about. As adults, we kind of like push away and and are maybe trained to not be vulnerable and not be weird and you know not have the time or space to be creative. And I was talking about. I think in my life right now, I've I've pictured creativity as just like a wholly positive force. Like anywhere we can get more creativity, like just, just bring it on. Like more is better. But I was also, he alerted me to the fact that there's a lot of creative people that don't use their creativity for the best reasons. You know, like there's a lot of creative people, you know, doing things for marketers or like ad campaigns that are not maybe good for society or many people might think they're not good. So... Maybe creativity is a more neutral force than I had like naively imagined perhaps, but it's a tool and what you choose to do with it is up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's through your music or other forms of art and creativity that both of you pursue, is there anything kind of specific, whether Pink Neighbor or otherwise, that you're trying to project out into the world? Like what is maybe what does Pink Neighbor's vision of the world look like? Or just Katie or
1: Eric's. (laughs) Pink neighbors is much more pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I think that like utopian would be a fine word to use. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's a naive presentation of that necessarily. But in our shows, for example, like that's where we kind of have the most control is mm-hmm. when we are yeah, performing the environment in a way yeah and even then you know we don't have complete control like if the bartender's in a bad mood <laughs> that's gonna affect our show usually we put the bartender in a good mood so <laughs> but the idea is just that all, we use the term um there's a party and everyone's invited or something is kind of the catchphrase uh-huh. like and we mean that we don't just say that yeah. like we kind of try to if we see someone who's like never been to our show or you know we like talk to them and it's like oh you're a computer programmer so is this other person who listens to our music maybe you can listen to pink neighbor while you program together
3: (laughs) (laughs) there's yeah there's kind of a like scene we've envisioned before it's like a cool psychedelic outer space dance party or something that like people come to and they have their own costumes that they've made themselves or something. They feel like completely free and comfortable to like dance uh-huh. and let loose in front of each other and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Put that on the Pinterest board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that idea that like, we're not the only artists in the room or we're not the only creators or people capable of like being creative at those shows. Like yeah. I would love it if, you know, we dress up, we've, like, we've been wearing, co- like, kind of costumey yeah. things at our shows for a while, um, and just kind of, like, think gives people license to be a little more, like, silly or something. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that we're not the first musicians to ever do that. Like, plenty of people do that. But it'd be really cool that if, like, people showed up to our shows in costumes, that would be, like, a success moment. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Do you have any songs or maybe the newest album that you, that you put out, Time Beach Universe, that you can kind of like distill into like a creative idea or like, do you have any songs that are like, this is what I was trying to put out there with that?
1: Out on the Block is maybe that song. People nickname it like the potluck song. Ah. So it's out on the block, supper time, stepping in, bring what you got, everybody's coming. I mean, that's also a very Grinnell song, and it was written about, like, going places, and then all your friends show up kind of spontaneously. That's kind of the, there's a party and everyone's invited, like, everyone's coming, bring what you have to offer, and it'll be nice. Bring what you got.
2: Everybody's coming. Out on.
1: Summertime stepping in, bring what you got,
2: everybody's coming.
3: That's like informed a lot by like Tiny Circus and Neverland and um, Grin City. Like mm-hmm. we used to actually have potlucks that Tiny Circus and Grin City would kind of like collaborate on and um, yeah.
1: We also start the album and all our shows with a welcome song. Yeah um that was actually written to make us more comfortable before we like got into our set it's somewhat of a throwaway song in that like it's just acoustic guitar yeah and unison vocals but it made a huge difference for us and the audience to like get in. Yeah. yeah um and i think i like that we put it on the album and it's like <laughs> here's what you're gonna hear yeah and then something we noticed recently with our album is there aren't any gender specific pronouns hmm. on it, which is not necessarily easy to do. Yeah. Like it is if you're just a little deliberate with your writing, which is how it happened with us, but it's not like super common for that form of music, yeah. which is cool. And I think it kind of adds a timelessness to it. Not like the timeless going to like 60s and 70s is obvious, but yeah, timeless into the future is a nice thing to shoot for.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of music that has like really I don't know, bad gender roles stuff. And like, it's like, oh, I like how the song sounds, but I don't really want to like, I don't want it. I don't want that <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And so when we create stuff, I mean, it's not just gender, but it also like, you know, we take into account all kinds of things that you have to think about when you're like, Oh, does this come across as making fun of this person? Or is this like even ideas about healthy relationships and like the idea of like possessiveness or ownership Mm -hmm. is something that we're conscious of not saying or doing not that, you know, people can have like perspectives on that stuff and write about that stuff. So we don't try to like avoid it completely. We just, are like aware of what we're saying and how that might come across. And are we like reiterating things that are actually harmful Mm -hmm. and all that? Mm -hmm. So
0: that's cool. I didn't notice that when I was listening to the album, but next time I listen Mm -hmm. to it, I'm sure I will be aware of it.
3: It's kind of good that you don't notice. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's in in some ways it's like the bad stuff that sticks out to us now, you know, like stuff that was written like 15 years ago Sometimes sounds really outdated, mm-hmm. and I think our our hope is that, like, you know, you just have a nice listening experience and not have those, like, you know, like, have you ever watched a movie and you're like, the, I watched that when I was like 12 and it was really funny, yeah, but now and then you watch like,
0: it again and you're like, oh yeah, my God. I can't laugh at that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's better when there's a seamless <laughs> engagement uh-huh. thing.
0: That's nice. Well, um, thank you both for taking the time on this lovely first day of March and uh, thanks for sticking around Grinnell for, <laughs> for a while.
3: Yeah, thanks for talking to us.
0: Thanks. <laughs> that was Katie Inn and Eric Jarvis. They released their album, Time Beach Universe, last year and it's pretty snazzy. Makes for good listening, all the more so now that we're cooped up in our homes. So make sure to give that a listen. You've been hearing their music throughout the episode as well. I've got links to their music, some music videos, and their other creative work, including their solo projects, on the episode webpage. Definitely look them up and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last week, they live-streamed a concert from their living room and raised money for the mid-Iowa community action, and I'm sure they'll be doing some more in the foreseeable future. Also, check out Eric's new solo album, Daydream Moon, which he released on Bandcamp last week. Katie and Eric have found a strong community here in Grinnell since they were students. And they've also contributed to the artistic community here in so many ways. And their neighbors appreciate that. I reached out to a few of them to hear about their connection with Pink Neighbor.
5: So I'm John Edwards. I've been working at Grinnell College since 2007. I do the international admissions, but I'm also a longtime drummer and have a home recording studio in my attic across the street from Norris Hall. I first met Katie actually, uh, during what would have been her first year at Grinnell. I was sitting in with a student band uh, for a show at Loose Hall um, in the lounge. Um, and Katie and her friend were the openers. Um, it was packed that night, and she was doing some quieter vocal and acoustic guitar type stuff. Uh, everyone there was in awe of her voice. Um, I do remember a couple of times at the end of a song where you know the, you could hear a pin drop before people just erupted uh, in applause. So um, still one of my favorite all-time voices and I've been a fan of hers ever since. I had a recorder hooked up to my mixing board that night, so I recorded their set as well as my band's, and then I ran into her the next morning at Saint's Rest and was like, you don't know me, but you were amazing last night, and I recorded your show if you want to hear it. After that, she came up to the attic a few times um, to record or to help her friends' projects. Um, She even babysat for my boys. A few other students heard about the studio and would come up to record. And Eric even came up once with a friend to do a couple of original songs.
1: The balling sway at the matinee, was it to a leap drinks? Her legs ain't long and her hair ain't blonde, but she's the girl who thinks. A bottle for two, is that still taboo? I don't care what the reverend says. It took us dancing through the city's plants as it was only...
5: I don't remember exactly if I knew when the, the two of them got together on the Pink Neighbor project, but they had both graduated and had come back to Grinnell to do music together. They would sometimes use my studio or they would borrow some gear as they were developing their sound. Um, they would play shows in town, and sometimes I'd sit in if they needed a drummer, which was always fun. Uh, they're pretty instrumental, I think, in getting a live music scene happening here. Um, and they were also doing some cool things with the local art center to promote creativity in a broader sense. Uh, they did move away to Omaha for a bit, which was a good artistic move at the time, I'm sure. But we were glad when they came back to make more records, and play shows, um, put on shows for other artists. They teach music and make other important contributions to our Grinnell neighborhood. Um, so we're pretty lucky to have them.
6: My name's Anna Healy, and I'm a 2013 grad. I moved back to Grinnell um, three years after I graduated in February of 2016, and I was friends with Katie from college um, and also knew Eric. We both worked at Bob's Underground. Pink Neighbor was really a, a great part of the community to come back to. and. The Pink Neighbor Shows, which the first one that I really remember was at um, Grinnell Pub. And Luke Saunders, 2012, made donuts and brought them. And after that, really, the Pink Neighbor Shows became sort of a regular kind of check-in to bring the community together. I think that the people who end up feeling happiest in in Grinnell as non-students are those who make, um, build relationships across generations. And the Pink Neighbor shows really help to build community in that way as well. The Pink Neighbor ethos of um, coming together to celebrate community and to have fun uh, and to embrace um, silliness. And I think that we could all really use those reminders a lot more throughout our lives I think one thing that really, um, I don't know, maybe exemplifies that is um, their song, Nebula, and the dance to go with it.
2: We're gonna have a good time, do the nebula.
6: I hope that there's a video online somewhere of, of us doing the, the dance so those of you who haven't seen it can see what it's all about, but it's really a dance that's fun and it's all about who you're doing it with and just getting people up there together.
7: My name is Emma Opoka, Grinnell College class of 2012, and a big fan of Pink Neighbor. Of course, I've known Katie and Eric for a while now. I guess we were all in school together at Grinnell. Eric was a close pal of mine, and Katie I sort of admired from a distance for her incredible musical talent. It's so cool to see what the two of them have built together musically. They have a really unique and fun sound and aesthetic. Of course, I love how many of their songs, their lyrics are rooted in their experience of rural Iowa. The localness of this, in combination with a sound that is loungy and poppy and a bit otherworldly. It's fun, I love it. What I think is most impactful about Pink Neighbor though, really is their approach to community. You know, I think as musicians that have chosen to base themselves in this small town, there are a lot of ways they really need to rely on the support of this community to sustain themselves. But what I see come through really strongly is actually their desire and drive to use their music to support and enhance the local community. They'll have local community members that sing and play with them, whether they're recording or performing live. Uh, There's just so many ways that they're actively inviting us into the performance and and trying to create this really inclusive space of sharing creatively. It's it's a really beautiful thing to see.
0: Jordan Scheibel is another young alum who stuck around town and got the Grinnell Bug. He has a small farm in town, and that's how he connected with his pink neighbors.
4: So I didn't really know Katie and Eric in college. I mean, I knew of them. But I got to know Eric a little bit after college when he was bartending at Relish. And I remember talking to him at Relish one night and he said he was leaving and moving to Omaha, but that he was gonna come back. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, right, okay, you're gonna come back. Because I felt like that was something that people would say, but they really had no intention of coming back to Grinnell. And then sure enough, a few years later in 2015, him and Katie came back. Uh, to Grinnell to do the Grin City Collective Artist Residency and they worked on the farm with me and we sort of like immediately started to um, fall in together.
2: Words are never enough anyway When you got something to say Words are never enough anyway When you got something to say
4: You know, as Key and Eric launched Pink Neighbor it felt to me a lot like the way I felt when I started Middleway Farm, which was Middleway Farm was just an idea I had. At the time, I was just a, an employee at Grinnell Heritage Farm, and I had this idea that I wanted to start a farm. And it felt kind of rash and stupid, and I was a little bit embarrassed about it. Like, where did I get the idea that I could just start a farm or I could just start something? Because it really felt like I was just telling people I was starting a farm, and that was it. There was no real substance behind it. Um, so it all felt very like fragile and vulnerable and over time that it solidified into something real that, you know, I actually had seasons of experience behind me. I actually had produced vegetables for customers where they had made a commitment to me and I had followed through. So that feeling faded. Uh, but I really remember that, uh, about, you know, my lack of confidence and it's not that I saw that same lack of confidence in Katie and Eric, but I thought that I saw the same thing when they started pink neighbor. It was like just this idea that they had, and they just like scheduled a, uh, a show at the bar and they had their first show. There, I went to their first show and, you know, there was like four or five people at the bar or just the regulars who probably didn't even know that there was a, a show going on. And then it was, it was me and Joe and Laurel and Molly Rideout and the other Luke Saunders, the other people associated with Green City. And then uh, a bunch of um, what I would call like the sort of older arts professor set in Grinnell who kind of knew Eric because he was in the musical at the time. So like Sig Barber and, and Tom and Alicia and the hunters. And so they were all there and, and we were there and we were just kind of like cheering them on because we, you know, we love them and we, we like their music, but it was like we were like helping them create something. Um, and so to see over time them actually like build a fan base both within Grinnell and then outside of Grinnell and like get to play 8035 and have gigs in Iowa city and Des Moines and release albums and and uh, record albums and like start to get some traction um, in the Iowa music scene, like being played on Iowa Public Radio. I just I have a very very warm sense of pride about that because I felt like I was there at the beginning and I believed in them in the beginning when maybe they were even having a hard time believing in themselves. But something that's always impressed me about Katie and Eric is that I felt like unlike me, they kind of they really owned their idea from the start and they really had a, a clear vision of what they wanted to do. And they always seemed to believe in it. Whereas I felt like I've really had to, I've really vacillated about my own vision and what I'm doing with the farm. And it's taken me a really long time to actually like build up enough momentum to, to really feel like I'm going somewhere. And I think with Katie and Eric, I always felt like they had this really strong creative direction. They always had this really strong skill base and they just kept getting better and better and better. Over the years, we've had a lot of conversations about the similarities between, you know, small scale organic agriculture and like small scale independent music. And there's a lot of overlap. Like I mentioned, this you know, starting out kind of building confidence, building a fan base, the same sort of issues with managing a small business, entrepreneurship, how you relate what you're doing to like the broader economy or capitalism. Like, are you trying to get big or are you just trying to create like a, a reasonable livelihood for yourself? And is it possible to kind of shoot that middle gap between, you know, struggling and not making any money, and you know, quote unquote, selling out and trying to make it big? And I think we we've had that conversation a lot. I think there's a lot of overlap in like the kind of people who appreciate the food that I grow and the people who appreciate their music. Um, it's like see- seeking out like a locally produced product, and you know how my food that I grow comes out of you know the land, the soil here. Um, my understanding of my farm comes out of the, the farm history and the, the the place that's here and I feel like their music has also been informed in that way. It comes out of being here in this place and you can hear that in their lyrics. So yeah, it feels like you know running a small-scale farm in 2020 and trying to be an independent musician in 2020 are you know somewhat somewhat parallel livelihoods. Music
0: for today's show comes from Brett Newski and Pink Neighbor. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at podcast.grinnell.edu at or check out our website, grinnell.edu slash podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and pass it along to a friend. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ben vanversi Stay neighborly, Grinnellians.
2: Meet me somewhere Somewhere soon Somewhere I wanna see